How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another broadcast of the Good Phone Radio Show. It's episode 57, 58, episode 58. It's almost the end of season one, and we're getting real close, and I'm getting really excited. So we've got some exciting news for you guys, a couple of of follow-up stories, and then some news stories about some producers and some creators leaving their companies. Also, we got some fallout, fallout, fallout. We got some Fortnite follow-up news, and we got some Borderlands follow-up news. So let's get straight into it hope you guys are all having a good day out there uh so i a few episodes ago i talked about Fortnite and how people were very unhappy with season 10 because um of the mechs because people hated the mechs they were a terrible decision i've heard from many people streamers especially i've heard them saying it like yeah they don't like the mechs the mechs are trash all that stuff and the article came out on PC Gamer about a day ago. About a day ago, that Epic stands by Fortnite's mechs, says they cause relatively few uh, eliminations. And I apologize if you can hear some thunder in the background. It's raining heavy here, so that's just something I can't help. So as of late, if you watch any Fortnite streamer or browse the subreddits, you'll get drenched in frustrated commentary about Season 10's brute mech vehicle the most vocal players aren't too happy about uh happy with how powerful the mechs are against their usual tactics even after their spawn rate was reduced in the air in area modes and the version 10.10 patch made incoming mechs attacks louder and clearer these players were expecting the mechs to get the boot in 10.10 or at least a significant nerf but the mechs but the mech persists in fortnite's team's uh, Fortnite teams penned a short blog post explaining why. And part of the article reads, The mission of Fortnite is to bring players of all skill levels together to have a fun experience where anyone can win. For example, everyone having a shot at the fir- at, f- at, at that first elimination or victory royale moment and the satisfying feeling that comes with it. Right now, we know that the, there are players out there who have never had an opportunity. Another part of the mission is to provide spectacle and entertainment when playing Fortnite. The Brute was added at the start of Season 10 with this uh, mission in mind. Since then, we have seen players who had previously struggled with getting eliminations acquiring more, while the number of eliminations earned by more experienced experienced players remained steady. And that is the end of the uh, little segment from the article. The mechs represent a way in for uh, players who lack skill in building, but they require more map awareness, precise aim, and weapon management, and two people to pilot efficiently. They ruin players who are caught off guard at close range, but are loud, huge, slow, and easy to sneak around or pick away from uh, pick at 
pick away at from long distances. There's no denying that getting smushed isn't a particularly glorious way to go out, but steadfast mech naysayers make deaths by robot feel like a constant issue while Epic's data says otherwise. I don't inherently worship data, but seeing the numbers puts what Reddit and streamers and pros are mad about into perspective. And there's a little graph here. Let me see what this is about. So this is average brute eliminations per game. Average. This is average brute eliminations per game for each category. In solos, it, there's an average about four kills. In duos, there's an average about 6.2, maybe? 6.5, I'm sorry. Yeah, 6.5, 6.5 kills. And then for squads, it's six kills. For Team Rumble, it's just over six, so about 6.2. Uh, arena solos, one. Arena Trios, one. Just over, well, just over one, like 1. 1.5. Um, so this is, that that's really surprising. And um, to be, to be fair, hold on, there's a little bit more article here to read. So there are less than seven average eliminations by mechs per game across every mode in Fortnite. Out of 100 players, that's not quite the steel uh, pestilence Hashtag remove the mech makes it seem. And then there's another graph that percentage, a percent of brute eliminations per game and the percentages are way under, are all under 25. They're all under 25%. I mean, way under 25%. They don't even get halfway to 25%. Um, They're responsible for a tiny percentage of eliminations per match. And I'd honestly rather get stepped on by a happy fourth grader getting their first kills via robot suit than a sweaty build master whose skills I respect, but will never ever meet. Turns out the mechs are actually good. Actually. So says James Davenport of PCGamer.com is where I get all my articles from. So I honestly, okay. So to be fair, my opinions on this are, I don't like the mechs. Like I said, we had that incident where a group of mechs, came and absolutely destroyed us. A group. Not just one or two, but three mechs came and killed my whole squad. And I was really pissed off by that. I was really mad at that, and it's raining really hard outside. I'm sure you guys can hear that in the background. I apologize. It's just loud, and I can't do anything about that. Nature has its way of making its presence known. Oh yeah, that's loud on the readout. Um, But, like, these mechs have honestly... They're not all that... I don't think it's worth keeping them. Um, like, oh, so they can, so, so they can, so a fourth grader can get his first, um, victory royale. You kidding me? The, the, I, the majority of people who play this game are young. They're 12, they are the young people. And they are the ones who build well. They are the ones who, you know, who, uh, end up kicking our butts. For me, I'm a non-builder. And yet, and still, I've won a solo, I've had a solo victory. I have a solo victory royale, and I suck at Fortnite. I suck at Battle Royale games in general, especially Fortnite because there's building involved. In a, in a game where there isn't building, I'm a little, I have, my chances are a little bit better, like Blackout or something like that uh, from Call of Duty, from Black Ops 4. But there, there is no, there's, besides that, there's really no reason, there's no reason to have the mechs in there. I, I've gotten wins without the mech. Like, it, the, mech shouldn't, the mech shouldn't be the make or break for somebody because they're not good at Fortnite. Because you can still be a great shooter and still be great at hiding, sneaking, and all that other stuff and still win a game. I'm evidence of that. And Epic, if you want to, you know, if you want some more reference of why you should remove the mechs, I'm right here. I'm sitting here. The person who's gotten victory royales just from sneaking around and hiding in a bush. Oh yeah, every time I've won, every time I've won, I've used a bush. 
Um, and not just like the bushes that are, that are in the world, but bushes that you get from chests and stuff like that. So you can go mobile with it. I've won with that. Didn't need a mech for it. I didn't need a mech. I've won, I won with just a bush and, you know, a couple shotguns and a, and a scar. But I, I did it. I did win. So there's you can you cannot say that they're 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 good because of that because they're bringing uh, players of all skill levels together. I'm a bait. I'm a bottom level. Uh, I'm I'm at the bottom level when it comes to skill in Fortnite. I'm at the bottom, and yet I still have a win. It took what sixty seventy games to get there, but I still got there. I still got that win. So I don't, I don't, st- I still don't see why. And and getting the max d- didn't improve my chances of winning like at all, at all. Because they're that terrible. So you know what? It is what it is. Fortnite, you can have fun with that. Um, but un- I mean, having unsa- having unsatisfied players could mean a drop in uh, the number of people playing your game. Like that. That's just from what I've seen. Uh, in past, with past experiences, but they go ahead and do what they want to do. If they feel like it's a good decision, whatever. They're the ones who uh, will either, if they're either ones who will either benefit or pay for it later. So that's all I can say about that. So some other follow-up news. We had a Borderlands YouTuber slash streamer who was under investigation for quote-unquote leaking some footage from Borderlands 3. Um, he titled the article as the Borderlands YouTuber being investigated by 2K no longer has a channel. Article from Fraser Brown. This is about eight hours ago. Uh, so last week, Borderlands 3 YouTuber Submoto told viewers that private investigators interviewed him about leaks from the upcoming game. Submoto said he shared the information, but he uh, but had uh, just stumbled across it. 2K and parent company Take-Two claim otherwise, and that they'd been investigating him for nearly a year. This resulted in hashtag in a hashtag sprouting up calling for people to boycott Borderlands 3, while Submoto decided to take a break from posting videos and deactivated his Twitter account. His YouTube channel remained, but that's no longer the case. Submoto's channel was hit with seven copyright strikes after his last video on leaked Borderlands 3 details, but most of them were overturned and his videos continued to be available. Visiting his channel today, however, you won't find anything. After Submoto recorded the video regarding the investigation, more copyright claims were made by 2K, allegedly ending up at more than a hundred before his channel disappeared. Before he took a break, Submoto said that he'd think about returning next month, but he'd lost his enthusiasm for Borderlands and making videos. In quotes, he said, uh, this is something I read from the article last week, I don't know if I want to play the game, I don't know if I want to make videos, I don't know where where I'm going to be at, he said. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with anything, I haven't haven't even watched the new character trailers, uh, and I'm I'm still stoked for the characters like Flack, and uh, and stuff, but I think I've just been too close to the source for too long. I just need to step away from Borderlands, man. Um, 2K claims that his actions were illegal and were negatively impacting the experience of other content creators and our fans because the details were incomplete or untrue. People are uh, people are ravenous for the leaks, though. So so those fans don't seem very impressed with the way the publisher has handled things. 
So that's uh, interesting. So the, the first thing I want to kind of say with this, I think he is, uh, I think in this situation, I do think he's guilty um, of doing these things. The only reason I say this because all of a sudden he's just not interested in Borderlands anymore. All of a sudden he just completely lost interest. Like someone who who uh, you know would be innocent in this situation, I, I don't think they'd lose interest. I think they'd still be like you know trying to stakes. They'd be still excited for the game. You know, if you haven't honestly, if I haven't done anything, I'm be like you know guys, I didn't do it, but I'm still excited for your game. Thanks for accusing me, though. But this, the, like, there, there's got to be some, there's something there, because you don't just instantly lose interest in this stuff. You're being investigated. You've been investigated for almost a year uh, by these guys, so something's definitely up, you know. And uh, there's no, I mean, there's no sense of really hiding it. Like, if you, if you, if you've been doing this, just come clean. Over a hundred copyright strikes appeared on his channel before it. Uh, before it before it disappeared, that's an insane amount of copyright strikes, and I have not seen that on, a, on anybody else's channel yet, um, unless it has happened in the past and I missed it. But that's an insane amount. Like if, if you guys aren't familiar with copyright strikes on YouTube, these don't come out like often. Copyright strikes are usually they used to be a thing where uh, on YouTube you get three, you're out. You know, three strikes, you're out. Simple, easy rule of fair, um, but. A hundred? That's insane. Like, that's an insane amount that you should never experience, ever. But this guy, apparently, he I mean, he did some bad stuff. So, I mean, consequences are consequences. On to our next article. I just have nothing more to say about that. Like, that just left me speechless to see, like, that, 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 to see that that has happened to him, um... And he has, and yet he has nothing to say on whether he did or did not do these things. So, you know, I'm going to leave that for you guys, but it is what it is. So Anthem's lead producer, Ben Irving, is leaving Bioware. Okay, yeah, scroll all the way down. So my computer, my mouse has been having issues. I don't know what it is, but I scroll down just a little touch and it goes all the way to the bottom of the screen and it makes it horrible to uh to scroll up and down with these articles and it's annoying and i wish it would stop because all i'm trying i'm like i'm literally scrolling one click scrolling down just a little bit and it goes like down all the way to the bottom of the page and i'm like why do you do that ben irving the lead producer of anthem and the face of the game since long before its release in february has announced that he's leaving bioware for a job at another developer and his in its tweet he says uh this is the first out of the three tweets that were pertaining to this. After eight amazing years of Bioware, I have made the decision to move on and have accepted an oppor- exciting opportunity at another gaming company. Since the first time I played Baldur's Gate many, many years ago, Bioware was the dream place I always wanted to work. I will forever be grateful to all the people who gave me the chance to work on great products with amazing people. I believe Anthem has a bright future. There is a great team. Uh, there's a great team working on it, and I look forward to following its progress and playing it from the sidelines. He wrote. Again, I'm literally just waiting on my mouse to scroll down. Like I'm not doing anything except for sitting here and waiting for my mouse to scroll down. This is extremely annoying. 
All right. I have really enjoyed interacting with the Anthem community streams, Twitter and Reddit uh, through the good times and the tough times. You are all in great hands with at Durozak. Duro Kaz, I'm sorry, I read that wrong, the uh, core community lead, Jesse Anderson, and Bioware Global community lead, Andrew Johnson, not the president, and uh, have been for and have been for some time now. I wish nothing but the best for all of you, Ben. Irving didn't reveal where he's going, but uh, his departure may result in some concern within said community. Bioware finally launched the long-delayed Cataclysm earlier this month, and the reaction appears to be muted. Not exactly negative, but not particularly enthusiastic either. EA has vowed to stick to the ga- uh, stick has vowed to stick with the game, and so far it stayed true. But losing the head guy on development on the development team in the midst of efforts to turn things around, especially when he's going to do the same kind of work just somewhere else, isn't the sort of thing that automatically inspires long-term confidence. And to be honest, no, that, that does not inspire long-term confidence. That actually makes, uh, that makes a huge concern. Uh, that's the end of the article. But that, that would make me worried like this, like, oh, a lead guy has left the company that makes these games. Um, and to be fair, in my, in my head, when I first saw this article, I was like, did, is it, I mean, is he, in, in my head, I'm thinking like, mm, Anthem must be that bad. He, the, the, <laughs> one of their, um, the lead, the lead producer is leaving. That's never good. That's never, ever good to have your lead producer walk off. Not walk off, but uh, to be leaving the company. Especially when something, especially when they're trying to rejuvenate uh, Anthem and then they were just released Cataclysm, you know, uh, which is a new project for them. And, and so with all that going on and then you just have your lead producer all of a sudden, I'm leaving, bye, I'm going somewhere else to another gaming company. To me, that says that something's up and that, that this, that there are some issues that will become revealed soon enough that maybe the game, the game is, has been, it was a flop. I mean, it, obviously it's not that good since I don't, we don't hear about it as much. This is, this is the first major news we've had about Anthem since, I don't know, it's release. <laughs> like it, it, the game came out and then it went quiet. And that's about it. And then Cataclysm, that's it. Yeah, the the article that I read a few weeks ago that I did on the show, nothing. I haven't heard anything since then. This is the first time I've heard, I've seen Cataclysm re-mentioned um, uh, with, with an article. So we'll see what goes on. So we have another, uh, we have another, I should say top guy leaving. So Halo's, Halo Infinite 3 creative director, Tim Longo, has left 343 Industries. Halo Infinite creator, uh, director Tim Longo, has left 343 Industries in what Kotaku described as a leadership shakeup at the studio. That also, in, that also includes a change in roles for executive producer Mary Olsen. Longo himself uh, had reportedly moved to a new position at 343 a few weeks ago. Microsoft confirmed Longo's departure in a statement saying that roles and responsibilities of various team members regularly involved evo- regu- regularly evolved to meet the needs of a game throughout the development. We have recently had two changes 
Come on, computer, don't screw me over like this. I just want to scroll the article and have some fun and read. Read for the peoples. We recently had two chart two changes to the Halo Infinite development team. Our executive producer, Mary Olson, will now take charge of the campaign team now take charge of the campaign team on Halo Infinite as the lead producer, utilizing her many years of experience at 343 to help craft a great campaign for fans, Microsoft said. Additionally, Tim has recently departed our team, and we are truly thankful for his many contributions to our game, our studio, and the Halo universe. We wish Tim nothing but the best in his future endeavors, typical thing when you probably get fired. Uh, the overall creative vision and production of the of the game remains led by Chris Lee, studio studio head of Halo Infinite. Jim joined three, uh, 343's Industries in, in 2013 and served as the creative director on Halo 5. Prior to that, he filled the same role at LucasArts on the cancelled FPS Star Wars First Assault and served as creative director creative director on the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot at Crystal Dynamics. It's not known where Longer will go from here, but on August 7th, he volunteered his services to help create a video game called Effing Do Something, based on a quick gag oh, made, by, uh, made, made by talk show host Seth Meyers. Okay, following the El Paso, Texas, Dayton, and Ohio mass shootings. Oh, there's the tweet. All right. So, so yeah. Okay. This, in that game, um, that game was to make it, make it known, make it more popular and make it more known that, um, video games aren't the reason why people are violent, which is totally true. And it's been proven many times over and over and over again, considering how much of the population plays video games versus how much of the population, uh, ends up you know, being mass shooters or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, the evidence is clear. The evidence is pretty darn clear. I mean, I'm not going to get into all that now, but it's pretty clear uh, what's going on here. It looks a bit like a joke in itself, but a separate tweet, Longo said, he's stone serious. In it, in quotes, it says, don't know what will come of this, but I've wanted to do activist gaming projects for a while, and Seth's satire on this just pushed me over the edge, he wrote. We'll see how long I can get. We'll see how quickly I can get moving. Probably, ob- probably obvious, but this will be pro bono and uh, proceeds to charity. Halo Infinite is currently expected to come out for the 2020 holiday season. All right then, that's interesting. So I'm in this in this article. It seems like he left. He did leave on his own, which is good. It's always good to walk out on your own two feet rather than being kicked out on your butt. That's always a good sign. So the last article that we have here for you guys, it's a really good one. So this free game only has one tiny enemy and you've got to grow it into a boss. Before we get into this article though, uh, I really want to mention that we are, we've got some exciting news that we are now available on 10, count them, 10 different platforms. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. We're now available on Google Podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Spreaker, Radio Public, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public. 
I'm sorry. Like this is, oh, hold on. Let me just freaking pull it up because I honestly forget which ones I'm available on because sometimes, it, I mean, with 10 and this is like, this is still being new to me ha- being on all these platforms. Oh my gosh. Why aren't, because the article is not loading. That's what I'm waiting for. Because I do like this article and I'm really not happy that this is what's happening. Just reload. Uh, it's upsetting that this is happening now. When I'm recording and when I'm doing this for you guys. But we're 10, 10, 10, 10 different platforms. And again, I say I can never say it enough, but I never thought we'd get to 10 platforms with a, with a sponsored podcast. So we're like, we're, we're, we're sponsored and we're, we're, we're having a good time and I'm going to take the time to insert another, uh, sponsor ad right here. All right. So, yeah, I mean, thanks to anchor for letting, letting me, uh, you know, put myself out there. Thanks for them for helping me put myself out there and thanks for them, uh, for sponsoring this broadcast and this podcast this this journey that i'm on so glad that you guys have been along or for the journey i'm gonna pull it up on anchor right now my internet's being slow and really stupid today i don't know how to appreciate it so we are available on anchor for one and then we're available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify breaker pocket casts radio public youtube SoundCloud and Spreaker. So if you want to find my podcast, you can search it where where you get your podcasts from. So that's amazing. And to and I got the email this morning that I uh, and the email yeah I got two emails this morning that I was on uh, Breaker and Apple Podcasts today. I was like I was I was that was insane. Like that that was insane to, to hear that and get those emails. And I'm still like so happy to know that this is that my podcast is here. Like th- this is where my podcast. You can find my podcast in 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 ten different places. Ten. That's insane. And then um, if you don't follow me on social media, follow me. I mean, I have a Twitter. I have a Facebook page. You know. Oof. And if you haven't become a supporter yet, why not become a supporter today for the podcast? And you have options like you can become a supporter all over on patreon.com forward slash GN radio, or you can become a supporter directly through anchor for options of you can just do from $10 a month to just a dollar a month to the price of a candy bar. You could be supporting this podcast and helping it grow, helping me get better equipment in the studio and just helping me be able to keep doing this show for you guys on a more consistent basis because I want to be able to do, you know, two shows uh, a week, even more occasionally. Uh, It'll be an opportunity to get more guests on the show because I'll have more time to be able to do it and focus on it. So if you guys want to help me out, go on Anchor right now if you're not listening to this on Anchor already. But go there, become a supporter. Actually, there should be a button on any platform that you find me on uh, on on one of the seven platforms that host my podcast. 
you can find a support the show button and uh, you can go ahead and click that and be a supporter today and help me out and help the show out. So from Anchor, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, or Radio Public, there is a button on the website by uh, if you find my little homepage for the show. And there's a support the support the podcast, become a supporter, click that button. It'll be there and you'll love it. It's awesome. And then on YouTube, there are links as always. On Spotify, I make sure there's links there too. And on Spreaker, I make sure there's links. So let's get to this last article and finish off the show. This free game, like I said, has only one tiny enemy and you've got to grow it into a boss. This is from Frazier Brown eight hours ago. Despite the name One Monster RPG, uh, oh, despite the name, one monster RPG isn't really an RPG. It's set at the very end of an adventure where you've killed every single monster apart from one. There are no more quests or mystical artifacts or bosses. There's just one baby slime. Killing the slime is easy. It's level one. While you're at level 99, one hit and it's a gunner. Unfortunately, it won't give you enough experience points to get to level 100. The true goal of one monster RPG. That that really only leaves one option. Feed that slime. Feed it until it's a gargantuan monster that can swallow buildings whole. All you need to do is let that slime chase you around, making sure that you lead it to things that it can snack on. Dogs, children, farms. They're all fair game. It can eat anything that's low, that's a lower level. If it catches you, it's effectively game over, as your only option is to kill it. There, that's all there is to it, but I love it to bits. I should maybe feel more guilty about making a monster eat, eat villagers, in, and indeed villages, uh, just so I can get some XP, but in my defense, none of them moved out of the way. Maybe they, wanted, maybe they really wanted me to hit level, level 100 too. I'm innocent in all of this. <laughs> it's a fun subversion, of, but the highlight is really the art. Uh, it's a world of mostly illustrated paper cutouts, giving the whole thing a tabletop RPG vibe. And while they don't do much, and most of them do nothing at all, they still manage to ex- uh, exude a lot of charm, especially the slime. It's a uh, gormless killing-eating machine that grows increasingly ridiculous the larger it gets. But I can't help but love the bouncy fella. One Monster RPG is free on itch.io. So if you want to go check that out, it's on itch.io. Again, that's itch.io. Go check that out. It's free. And yeah, I, I mean, this game, the game, the concept of the game and the way it looks I, from the screenshots I see, are, it looks pretty nice because they are, it is uh, paper cutouts. So it does look like a tabletop game kind of thing. Kind of gives me like a Paper Mario kind of vibe. Like the older Paper Marios, uh, like the one on the N64. It really does kind of give a vibe like that, and that is a really interesting thing we got going on there, so I'll definitely be playing it. If you guys want to play it, I'll make sure I'll leave a link wherever you find this podcast, now that it's on multiple platforms. Oh, man. But I'm really excited about that, because now we're in on uh, 10 different platforms and it's amazing. Like it's absolutely amazing. Like what, like what even, how even, how did we even get here? How did we even get here? And I say we, because this is not just me. There's no way this podcast could ever be just me. 
um, because there are so many people who've over the years who've helped me get to where I am now. And then there's just people now who, you know, just found out about the podcast and like, Oh, what this is a podcast. And they, and they support it in their own way. So it's, it's pretty nice to know that people, I have people here that are, um, you know, supporting, supporting the show in any way that they can. Like, it's awesome. I will hopefully have more guests on before. I want to have a guest on before I end the season just so I can cap it off and um, leave it on the good note without any regrets. So we'll work on getting that guest for you guys and we'll make it happen. Um, But it's almost the end of season one. It took three, four, God dang it, I always say three. It took four years to get here. Four years. If anybody doesn't know, podcast started way back on YouTube. Um, back in like twenty, back in twenty fifteen is when I started the podcast. It's twenty nineteen now, almost twenty fourteen, almost twenty. Wow, I'm going backwards in time. I have a time machine. I'm sorry, I get confused all the time. It's almost twenty twenty, and this podcast would be five years old next year, and that's amazing. But we'll be in season two, hopefully. <laughs> it may take us another four years to get to season two. I'm just kidding. At episode 60, we'll cross over to season two and it'll be an amazing time. We'll have more guests and, uh, I have to double check some things cause I believe I have screwed up. There's another podcast coming that I've been invited to to actually. So I'll hopefully have some episodes for you guys to listen to and check out because I may have forgotten. When I say forgotten, that's a lie. I didn't forget. Um, I uh, there's a, We have group chats, so I just have to make sure I keep looking at the group chat because if I forget, it'll be not good. And I'll be like, uh, supposed to do something, but I forgot. So, yeah. So if you guys want to go support the podcast, please do. You can do, it from, you can do it through PayPal, Patreon, Anchor itself. Donate through there. Or you can support the show through there. And I would really hugely appreciate it because this show has been a, a four-year project. <laughs> That's finally uh, getting through its first season. And then from here, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. If there's news that pops up, I will be there to read it. If there's anything you guys personally will ha- have you know, requests for, I, I still you know take those because uh, I used to do that a little bit more often. But with the lack of people you know watching the show and the lack of people you know suggesting ideas and topics, they're just like, I'm just like, well, all right keep doing my thing then because I, I i take it as a good thing sometimes when people don't suggest things because that means sometimes that either they can't come up with something or that you know what you're doing fine uh we like what you're talking about i usually take it as the latter because it uh i like to think of it in that way so thank you everybody so much for listening it's been a wonderful podcast i, I appreciate everything that you guys done for support season one and hopefully you guys will be here for season two as well um, and I'll be back with more guests like th- this is a fun show I love doing this and I don't ever regret any episodes any episodes that I've done um, every episode I listen back to I'm, I'm like yeah I could have I could have said that I could have said that a little bit quicker so I could have tightened it up here or whatnot. but I never fully regret any of the podcasts I've done none of them anything that I put out there I put out there for a reason because I, I took time I thought about it I'm like do I want to put this out yes I do so 
Uh, if you haven't checked me out on YouTube yet, go check me out on YouTube. Check out the rest of season one. Check out the four years that it took to get here. Check out the four years worth of podcasts that it took to get here. Um, and the first one you love because it's seven minutes long. It's really quick. It won't take you too long to get through it. So thanks everybody so much for listening. And as always, I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. I-